I'm excited because today I have a word of the, God, of the Lord that he's really stirred in my heart. And I pray that I bring it to you in the fullest this morning. I'm excited about the word. I'm encouraged about the word. And before we begin, let's just open up in prayer. Father, I thank you for your goodness. Father, I praise you. God, I lift your name on high this morning. And as Pastor Wilson was leading us, God, I hunger and I thirst for your righteousness. Let that word resonate in our spirits today as we hear the preaching of the word, God. Let that settle in our hearts and bring life to the places that need to be brought life. Father, I pray, Lord, today as I speak your word and I preach your word, Father, that you would anoint my lips, God. Father, that you would take the coal from the altar and that you would pour them on my lips and that you would speak through me this morning, God. God, the words that I would say that would change the destiny of someone tuning in today, that would change your, your, your direction that you're going. God, put that word and let it come out of me that it might glorify you today, God. Father, I pray, Lord, that as I preach your word and I share the word that you've put on my heart, God, that I preach it to the fullness of the power of the presence of the Holy Spirit, God. Holy Spirit, have your way today in this message. Have your way in the word in my heart as I bring forth your word and let me glorify you and let everyone Say amen. Amen. I am telling you, church, I'm excited today. I, I just want to make sure you understand. I'm emphasizing this out of great, great excitement because I feel something is about to change and it's going to change in you and I. It's, it's going to change and it's going to actually shift the direction of where you're going. Just bear with me. I'm trying to uh, set... A little timer to remind me not to preach too long or too short, but to give you just the right amount of the word of God today. I want to welcome you to Praise Christian Fellowship, like I said earlier. And today I have a word that's been stirring and resonating in my heart and in my spirit. And before we get any further, I want to ask you to do something. I thought about this and I wanted to put this at the end of the sermon. And then I'm sitting here this morning as we're worshiping and I really felt led to move it here. I want to take this moment. I want you to ask. I want you to text three people right now. Text three people to tune in to PCF.org to hear the word of the Lord. I want you to text three people. I want you to tag three people on Facebook. And when the message is over today, I want you to get on the telephone and I want you to call three people. Tell them you love them today and share the word what God has spoken to you today through my lips, through his word to you. Text three people, call three people after church and tag three people right now on Facebook because I believe the word that God has put in my heart, it is a word that will change your very direction. You don't want to wish, you don't want to miss this. You don't want to miss it. You can tell I'm a little excited this morning. 
And I want to encourage you, once you text these three people, once you tag three people, put the phone down because I don't want the devil come and steal the word immediately, that which I have for you today. Remember, text three people, tag three people, and you can call them after church. But once you do that, put your phone down. I want to encourage you today. It's going to be an awesome message. Not because it's me, but because I have not only a Logos word, but I have a Rhema word, a word for you, a word for those who are listening, a word for those. You may not even be a part of PCF, and you might hear this in the future and not necessarily of today's specific date, but this word is for you. My topic today is, in fact, the word of God. The subject is the word of God. And I'm going to be talking to you about the necessity of holding on to the word of God. I'm going to be talking to you about holding on to the word which God has given you. The very word he's given us as a promise. I want you to write these scriptures down as we go. I want you to look and take notes of this. You can go back and look at them later, but write them down so that you can go back and you can visit them later. Mark chapter 4, verses 3 through 15. Matthew chapter 4, verses 4. Genesis, I'm going to be covering a summary of Genesis and overlapping from the story of Joseph from chapters 30 to 50 in Genesis and Isaiah 55, verses 10 and 11. Write these scriptures down. I want you to come back. I want you to meditate on them and I want you to think about them this week later on as you hear the word. Again, today's topic is the word of God and the necessity to hold on to the word. It is important, church. Hold on to the word that God has given you. God has given you a word. He's given me a word. It's it's, it's, he's given us the, the word here, the logos. And maybe, just maybe, he's given you a rhema word at a time. Hold on to that word because God is faithful to do that which he said he would do. He is faithful. He is the alpha and the omega. He is the beginning and the end. The author and the finisher of my faith and your faith. I want to tell you, I come to stir the gift of God in your heart today. Stir the word of God in your heart. I want to cause a battle cry to ring out across the airwaves today. For those of you who don't know, I spent five years roughly in the Marine Corps. I did three deployments and I loved every bit of serving my country. Excuse me. I'm a little thirsty. I spent three deployments and it's very unique how God has brought this to. He's going to allow me to use part of this, my time of serving as part of the illustration of the service this morning. I got a word and it's going to change you. I hope you've put your phone down. Take those texts. Take those uh, moments of tagging and you're done. Let's get on to the preaching of the word of God. Let it come. And today I'm reading from the book of Mark. The book of Mark chapter 4. It says, listen. Some of the Greek rendering of this word not only just means to hear, but it means to obey. I'm not here to talk to you 
from a dogmatic point of view and say, well, you ought to obey the word of God. I'm not coming to you like that this morning. I'm coming in love. But look, this word translation is just not to hear the word, but we must obey the word of God as well. Let me continue reading. Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow and he sold some seed and some fell on the path and the birds came and devoured it. Our seed fell on the rocky ground where it did not have much soul and immediately it sprang up. And since it had no death and it had no soul, when the sun rose, it was scorched. And since it had no root, you got to have some root and death in the word of God today, believers. It withered away when the word was sown. And because it had no root, it withered away. Our seed fell among thorns and the thorns grew up and it choked out the word yielding no grain, meaning no crop came forth from the seeds that were sown in verse number eight. I've got it highlighted for a reason because I want to point out something to you. It says, and other seeds fell into good ground and the word good here can be translated in the Greek efficient in morally good, desirable. You've got to understand you have the sower, you have the seed, and you have the ground. In this passage, the very basic understanding that Jesus is, he is the sower. But today, I'm the sower for Jesus, and I'm going to be sowing a lot of seed, and I'm praying that it's on good soul because I'm believing that it's going to bring forth 30 60 and a hundredfold. He said, he who has an ear, let him hear. Understand that church. That excites me. It encourages me. It lifts me up. It gives me something to be excited about. When you sow and it's on good ground. See, you've got to understand the seed has to be good. The sower needs to be good. But the ground also needs to be good. So when he sold, when he sold the seed, he brought forth 30, 16, 100 fold. Today I'm praying that the word that I sold today will be on good ground to bring forth fruit in your life and in my life. Verse number 10. And it says, when he was alone, those around him with the 12 asked him about the parables. And he said to them, to you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God. But for those outside, everything is parables so that they may indeed see, but not perceive. They may indeed hear, but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. Verse 13. And he said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all parables? Now, I want you to get this. Listen to me here. This is important. Listen carefully. The sower sows the word. Today, I'm the sower, and I'm sowing the word. And I'm going to sow a lot of seed among the path on these airways today. And where the word is sown, and when they hear it, I pray that it's seed that brings forth that 30, 60, and 100 fold. Because here in this passage, you'll see that when the sower sowed the word along the path where it was to be sown, when they hear Satan came 
immediately and comes to take the word which was sown into them. I'm going to stop here for just a moment and I'm going to do what we call meddling. And I'm going to do it led by the Spirit. How many of you, and I'm just going to talk a little bit, some of this will be some personal confessions. Have you come to church? You got a word from God. You were blessed by God. The message was on point. The worship rocked the house of God. You felt change. You felt like the, the, the chains around your neck were broken and you walk out and you, I got victory today. And the moment you walk out that door, you get in that car. Maybe someone in the car says something. Maybe one of the kids are not listening or maybe they're not buckling up or maybe one of the spouses say something and I say that graciously. And I, I would like to hope and believe that no one in PCF family that would have ever occurred, never, no. Maybe someone cuts you off and almost hits you. But see, Satan comes immediately. He comes immediately to take away the word that was sown. Because he knows if you hold on to it, it'll bring a victorious church. It'll bring a victorious Ronnie. It'll bring a victorious pastor. It'll bring a victorious husband and wife. It'll bring a victorious child of God. It'll bring a youth group set on fire. But if we allow the devil himself to come in and steal and take away that word, we're not doing what we're supposed to do. I mentioned to you earlier that I spent roughly five years. It's a little less. I extended to go on my last deployment when I was active duty in the Marine Corps. And what you see today before you is some Marines who are doing um, drill with the NCO sword for Corporal's course. And yes, I have one. And this is just for demonstration only. And there's no one at heart threat here. I just want to show it for you. I have one too. Obviously, I still can't do the drill like I used to. But see, you know, it's a weapon, right? I got another one. I got another one. And just you say, well, what's your point? You hold on, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. And just bear with me. Be patient. Be patient. You see, I got another sword here. It's a little. They call it a K bar. And again, no one's, no one's in danger, no one's in threat. I'm just using this in good, good hope and encouragement to stir you and show you some demonstrations this morning. As you heard earlier, I was talking to you about the Logos Word of God. The Logos Word of God, it's the written Word of God. Matthew chapter 4 says that man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. This is the written word that we should live off of, church. Man should not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. From Genesis to Revelation, this all is good for you and it's good for me. Another one of my favorite passages is Isaiah chapter 55, verses 10 and 11. And it says, As for the rain and the snow come down from the heaven and do not return, but there, do not return there, but the water, it waters the earth and it brings forth sprouts. 
I'm going to just pause right there. Last year, 2020, God had given our senior pastor, Pastor Courtney, a word for the PCF body. That word was harvest. The word was harvest. Now, see, don't let, don't let, don't let the devil come and steal the word which he has sown in our hearts last year. It was the year of harvest, and I'm not done reaping the harvest. I've got a point with this, something the Lord brought out to me. And you continue reading. It said, so, so shall my word. He's talking about the Logos word. That be that go out from my mouth. It shall accomplish that which I purpose. And shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. Isaiah chapter 55 verses 10 and 11. And you get to see here in the beginning of the verse 10, you'll see the word sprout. It could also be understood as harvest. Last year, Pastor Courtney, he sold seeds and there was a harvest. That was the theme. That was the word of the Lord for us. And he sold many seed amongst the body of Christ last year in 2020 about the word of harvest. But see, when you have a word, Harvest, when you have this word harvest, look what it's connected to. Look what it's connected to. It's connected to that. He said, it, it shall accomplish that which I purpose. See, the, the word that we had last year was harvest. That word is influential and especially important for us to understand that he wanted us to understand that we received the harvest because we have a purpose to do for the kingdom of God this year. The word last year was harvest and the word this year is purpose. And God is going to bring forth the word which he has in you and I. Again, I want to, I'm going to differentiate between two types of the word of God. And we're talking right now about the Logos word of God. This is the written word. And I'm going to continue here. The Bible says in Isaiah 54, 17, that no weapon, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. See, what's going on today is some of you, you all you have is one or two scriptures that you can uh, quote from the Bible. You're, you're not full of the word of God. And it's showing because if you were full, we would be seeing change take place. Now, I'm saying this graciously here because once we get full of the word of God. It'll change who you are. It'll change everything about you. And it's not just you that it'll change. It'll change me. The word will change me. See, we got to understand. I, I, I talked to you a little bit about I was in the Marines. When I was in the Marine Corps, we talked about strategy and tactics and combat matters and how to overcome the enemy. I've got a word for you today, and it's you need to get in the word, the Logos word. Many of you are looking for a rhema word, but that's not what's going on today. I'm going to, that's not what's ha that, that's not what we're supposed to be focused on. You, we've got to, uh, we've, how do I say this? We've been looking. A lot of times, church, we look for a rhema word. And really what we're not looking for is a rhema word. We're looking for someone 
to tell me something that will tickle my ear and please me. In Ephesians, we got to understand here, in the book of Ephesians, and Peter, I'm reminded of you, Peter Hall, I'm reminded of you, I thought about you when I was looking at this passage. Not long ago at the church at PCF, you put on the whole armor of God. See, church, when you go out into the world, you go out into your work, you've got to put on the belt of truth. Excuse me here, I just wanna give you a little demonstration. I gotta put on the blessed plate of righteousness. I gotta take my feet and my shoes and I gotta shod them with the gospel. I gotta have a shield of faith, a helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit. That's what you gotta have and that's what I gotta have. And if you don't hold on to the word, the enemy will come to take it. Earlier, I talked about the word rhema. What is a rhema word, Pastor Ron? A rhema word, this is where a personal speaking of God is to us. I've had many instances of this case. God spoke to me early in the year 2014. And he said to me, son, I'm going to take you out of your workplace. And I'm thinking, Lord, no, I don't want that. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that word. I don't want to hear that. That's not, I don't, mm -mm, Lord, no, no, I don't want that. But the Lord did, in fact, speak to me. And he gave me this. And I shared with very few people. When it happened, when the Lord spoke to me, and gave me that rhema word. I shared it with my wife. I don't know what it means. Me, me either. I'm, let's pray about it. Okay, Lord, whatever it is, I'm praying that it'll be for your glory, and it is for his glory. I shared it with a close pastor friend of mine who was in seminary, and I'm still in contact with him today. But he looked at me, and he said, no, you didn't hear from God. You didn't hear from God, Brother Ron. Surely, the Lord's not going to take you out of there. You're doing great things for the kingdom of God at your workplace. See, see, this guy was my very close friend. And I, I look, look, hear me out. Hear me out. I, I hold nothing against him. He spoke to me in good love and in spirit. He goes, maybe you just misheard the Lord or maybe, maybe you just misheard. I don't really feel like the Lord has told you that you're, you're, you're going to leave your workplace. And I said, no, 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 Pastor, Pastor Herbert, I am. God spoke it to me. That was a personal word. And why is that important? I'm going to tell you something this morning, brothers and sisters. You've got the written word. And you've got words that God has spoken to you, specifically you. And you've allowed the enemy to come steal that word. The devil came immediately to take that which you had heard from God. And you've got to think about this. We can't allow that. See, when God gives you a word, it will take you to your destiny. Excuse me. 
See, when God gives you a word, whether it be a word from the Bible, the Logos written word of God, whether you come in here and you read the word of God and you go to, you go to the book of Exodus somewhere in here in Exodus and it says, he is the Lord that healeth me. Maybe that's the word that he given you. And in fact, I would, I would encourage everyone right now to hold on to that because, see, the word is alive. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. It'll cut you coming and going. See, part of the problem is, see, the word's alive. And when you get a hold of it and the word gets a hold of you, it'll change you. It'll bring life to places that are dead. But if you allow the enemy to take that word, you'll not even know it. And before long, you, you, it's just withered out from the inside out, from the roots. See, God, when God gives you a word, it'll take you to your destiny. Listen to me, church. If you're hearing me today, I'm urging you to listen to this. When God gives you a word, whether it be written or spoken, when God gives it to you, it'll change the direction you're going and it'll take you to the destiny and the purpose that which God has planned for you. Some of us, are, some of us right now have been looking for a rhema word when actuality, we need the Logos word, the B-I-B-I-L-E. We need the word in, in, in the written form. See, a lot of us want to come to church. Well, I want to go to the altar. And I'm talking about my experience growing up as in, in a Pentecostal church, how people would flood. The, well, I come to the altar, but I want to hear a word. But you see, I don't want to pick up the Bible and read it all week long. I want no relationship with Jesus Christ. See, it doesn't work that way. See, perhaps if we turn down the volume of the things of this world that's choking out the life of God, we might hear what God is saying. I said, if you take and you turn down the volume of the worldly things that's got you and I distracted. You'll hear what God is saying to us. And either, in, whether it's in the written word or in the spoken. But when you hear that, when you hear the word, that word has the power and the ability. And that's what it was created for, to take you to your destiny. Look. Jesus got in the ship and said, we're going to the other side. Jesus got in the boat and said, we're going to the other side. Now, no one wants to talk about the journey from one shore to the other. Because along the journey, the waves were crashing and things were going on. And people didn't want to stay in the boat, the disciples. I got news for you. I got news for you. Sometimes the word is not what we want to hear. Or, Lord, I don't, I don't want to hear that. And look, church, I'm no different. I'm no different. I'm not standing here in a prideful way to you because I'm going to tell you something. I was devastated when I lost my job. Devastated. I was crushed. Well, you can just find another job. Look, I was approximately 34 years old at the time. 
approximately 34 years old, making a, I, I had a job. It put me over in the six figures, and I was in the executive leadership. They got rid of the director of the facility, and I was her, I was her right-hand person. And they got rid of me too. God had a plan. I didn't like, I didn't like riding the waves. The storm was terrible. In fact, it was, the waves crashed in on my personal life. And I can tell you, I, I was depressed, discouraged, beat down. Look, I, I, I had made the pinnacle of what many people would call success. Yeah, I worked 60 hours a week, something like that, maybe 70. I worked a lot. Big deal. You know, you don't work, you don't eat. That's Bible too. And, well, some people don't want to hear that. I'm not telling you we ought to work 60 hours a week. It should be balanced and healthy. Church, it should be balanced and healthy. And maybe, maybe that's why. Because God had a purpose for me, and it's right here in this platform. It's right here. Look, not to elevate me. God had a purpose for me to share the word. God knew if he didn't take me out of that situation, that I would continue on. I was, and I was looking at the time, church. I was looking at the time. I had already graduated, and I'm looking and I said, I'm going to go to school to be an, learn executive leadership. I've, I've already finished my bachelor's. I finished my master's. I finished seminary. I had finished seminary. I had gone to seminary to be equipped with the word of God and, and preaching and the hermeneutics and all that is entailed involved, with even the impartation. And I was going to go on and go to another executive school t- focused on executive leadership. See, God had another plan. Look, sometimes the word you, you, you're looking for, sometimes you're looking for a word and it's not what you want to hear. You have to tune in to make sure that you're hearing from God, though. And I want to be specific about that. You know, the written word is pretty straightforward. I can take the word of God, I can take the Bible, I can open it up and I can read it, I can study it, I, I can break it down with concordance, I can break it down with translations, and all sorts of research data that helps me understand the exegesis of the word of God and the meaning and the takeaway of the scriptures in these particular areas. We see a rhema word. There's no, there's no book for that. You, just, you have to know what the spirit... See, the Bible says, my sheep know my voice. Listen to me. This is a time that you need to be able to say that I hear the voice of the Lord. My sheep hear the voice. See, some of us, again, we're talking about logos and rhema. I said earlier, some of us want a spoken word of God, but you're not willing to read the written word of God. You want to come to church and you want a man or a woman of God to call you out and give you some type of prophetical word. And I'm here to tell you, it's called the B-I-B-L-E, and I say it in love. But we got to get ready. There's a warfare going on. There's a spiritual war going on, and we got to wake up. See, you don't want a word or the word. What you want is someone to tell you what you want to hear. But God doesn't work that way. God doesn't work that way. Look, church, I didn't want to hear. Be very direct. I, Ronnie D. Younger, did not want to hear the rhema word that God had spoken to me. I didn't want to hear that. 
Well, I'm leaving the vehicle. Well, wait a minute, Lord. I, I'm promoted. I'm an executive. No, uh-uh. Lord, I'm happy. No. Mm-mm. No, the Lord said, I'm taking you out of here. We're going somewhere else. And it happened. Look, church, it is necessary for Christians to hold on to the word of God. It's necessary. It's important that you and I hold on to the word of God. See, I want to go back and I want to talk to you about a man, about somebody from the Old Testament. His name is Joseph. We always refer to him. See, Joseph was 17 years old when he had the dreams about his family rising up and him rising up and his family would serve him in some matter of way. Joseph was 17 when he was sold by his brothers. He was, look, get that. Don't let that word slip by you. Don't let the devil steal the word from you this morning. Don't let the word be immediately taken from you. Notice it. Joseph's brothers sold him into Egypt. My friend, I'm here to tell you, it might be somebody close to you. Nobody wants to hear that. Well, Pastor Ron, why would you say something like that? Look, sometimes you just got to come out with the truth. Sometimes the people that are closest to you will do these things. And sometimes they're doing them because God's allowed them to do it because he needs you to move in another direction. But can you imagine what Joseph was thinking during this time frame? He had a vision. He had a dream. In fact, he had two and he shared it with his family. His dad rebuked him. His father rebuked him. But if you look at the passages and you read it, you'll see that Jacob set aside the word and and put it back in his mind, even though he rebuked Joseph about it. So Joseph, just think about what he was thinking. Did I hear from God? Some of you, you've been doubting the word that God has said to you. No, look, listen, listen, listen carefully. Don't doubt that which the Lord has spoken to you. Joseph was betrayed by family or those who were close to him. Friends will show you who they really are in a time of crisis. And I say that lovingly because sometimes, you know, God, I'm just going to say it this way because God knows Ronnie. I'm going to talk about me because I don't want to make it personal towards you. Ronnie, God knew that I'm a little hard-headed. I'm a little stubborn and... I can be, when I get set in my ways to do something specifically, I'm going to do it. And what I'm referring to is, I was set in my way. I had cast a vision, if you will. I had made up my mind. I had determined in myself, look, God has already established me in executive leadership. So now I'm just going to go ahead and put the paper, the college degree along with it because I have a plan and I'm going to do these things instead of what God has called me to do. You know, I'm, I don't know about you, but that's me. It's hard sometimes, but it's the way it is. Look, we got to hold on to the word of God for the following reasons. Every Christian should hold on to the word of God. Remember, I want you to remember today that Satan comes to immediately take away the word that was sown into your heart. He came to take the seeds along the path, the seeds along the rocky ground, and the seeds among the thorns. Just remember that Satan comes immediately to take a word 
that was sown in your heart to take it away immediately. I want you to look at this story of Joseph here. Ah, pardon me, pardon me. Okay, Joseph, 17. He's 17 when he was sold by his brothers and first betrayed. His journey begins here. He begins to flourish in Egypt. And then then you read on in the story of Joseph, he's sent to prison. He wasn't just betrayed once, church. He was betrayed more than once. He was sent to prison and betrayed again by somebody within the prison. You have the butler and the baker who both were in prison with Joseph. And if you go before, if you look a little before this, if you look a little before this, Potiphar's wife lied. That was why Joseph was in prison in the first place. Let's not forget, let's not allow the enemy to steal the word. But here he was sent to prison. He was betrayed. You have the, you have the baker in, in here and the, and the butler. And the butler forgets the word that he had promised to Joseph. He had promised, he had promised Joseph that he would remind, he would remind the king that Joseph was dead. See, Joseph was 17 when he heard the word of God. And between 17 and 28, he's got a lot of reason to give up hope. But at around age 30, around age 30, becomes the ruler of Egypt. And later on, around the age of 37, the seven years of lean years begin, and his brothers return asking for forgiveness. See, sometimes these people who betrayed you will come back in your life. And I'm going to talk to you. Let me, just, let me just throw this out there. Look, reconciliation takes some time, and it takes some work. But you see the long period of the story here of the wound and, and the, the transgression and the fault. Joseph did forgive them, okay? Reconciliation is the highest form of forgiveness, okay? It's important. And then around, around this, 42, Jacob was returned with his family. I'm going to show you another one. This is the storyline of Joseph. Again, he was sold at 17, was a slave. 20 years old, he had the dreams. 30, he interpreted the dreams of Pharaoh. At 30 years old, he interpreted dreams of Pharaoh. And 37 years old, he had ended the years of plenty. Now, I, this, this pretty much says the same thing. It's just different. Some of them are different. Slightly. Okay. Uh, again, 17 God gave the man, Joseph, a word, and he's enslaved until 30. And you, you don't see the fulfillment because he doesn't get, Joseph isn't the full, full, the full fulfillment because the full fulfillment of the vision that God had given Joseph the, would have been a little bit further along. And why I say that is because, see, the dreams that God had given Joseph was that his family would bow down and they would come and they would serve him. And see, this doesn't necessarily, it doesn't show that part of it yet. So it's a little bit, it's a little bit over in here. He's about 39 or 40-ish. So I want to tell you today, church, 
I want you to consider these appeals that inspire us to hold on to the word of God. I want you to remember these things. And before, forgive me, forgive me. I I just want to share something here before I get into these uh, closing points here. Look look here. Look here. All you single people, I say that. Now some of you are singing that song, all the single ladies. You better behave yourself. Look, as I begin to think about this, one part of the story of Joseph that wasn't put on the pictures or the diagrams or I haven't communicated to you just yet is this. You know, Joseph was an attractive man. He was smart. You know, he, you have to understand, he had to have been smart to have been able to accomplish, to save all the, the food for the famines and all that. And I want to, I just, there's something that stuck out to me about this with the single people. It doesn't matter whether you're young or old, single altogether, the word single. All right, hear me. This is, this is, a, this is a word for you, a word for you singles this morning. I just, I, I really felt that because we're, we're coming up on the time of Valentine's and we, we have a lot of pressure and there's a lot of things going on. And, you know, I'm, Pastor Ron, I'm not able to be courted because here we are in quarantine and all this other stuff. Well, so dear sisters, hold on to the word of God. And my dear brothers who are single and looking for that godly woman are praying about that. I just, there's something that just stood out in this story. As I begin to see it, you, you, Joseph was young. He had no opportunity to, to gain relationship. He was put in prison at an early age. He was disowned and sold by his brothers. He was betrayed. Now here he is. He's in prison. And then he's betrayed again by the baker and so on. But when Joseph was brought before to, to, to interpret the dream, when he was brought forth to interpret the dream, Joseph was given a wife. He was given a wife. And I just want to tell you, in this time of quarantine, young men and young women of God, focus on that which God has you focused on. Focus on getting to your purpose and your plan that God has for you. Focus on that don't be worried about this pandemic that we've got going on. Well, I can't go out. We, how am I supposed to meet people at church? How am I supposed to meet singles at church? And look, that's not what church is about anyway. But it is about relationship. And, it, it, and these things are weighing heavily on the hearts of our young men and women. They're weighing heavily on our youth. In fact, there is one particular person that comes to mind. And they used to always ask, Pastor Ron, can we pray for my spouse? I'll look over. Your spouse? Yeah, he, he's, he's not here yet, but I, I just want to pray for him. I'm going to pray that, you know, he hurry up and get here and, 
you know, he'd be, you know, have a job and maybe, maybe, maybe the Lord would be good enough that I don't have to work and he would take care of me and, you know, I can just be the godly woman around the house or whatever. And I'm throwing some things out there, give or take a little bit. But she was faithful in asking for prayer to pray for them. I just want to encourage you right now for all the singles that are here. Hear this word. Joseph was giving a wife. And he's like, well, I'm not into all of that, Pastor Ron. I'm not looking for someone to pick my spouse. Okay, 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 okay. So be it. My, my point of it is this. If you're busy doing the things of God and preparing your heart to do the will of God for you, God will prepare that part for you. You just worry about your purpose, your call, your destiny, and you walk it out. And when you get there, that other person will be there for you. Okay, I, I ventured off a little bit. Please forgive me. But I want to remind us today as we close. Consider these appeals to hold on to the word of God. He that began a work in you is faithful to finish and complete it. And the race is not given to the swift, but those who endure to the end. Church, those two things encouraged me this morning. He's faithful to complete the work in me, and it's not about being the fastest one. He's going to give, the race is not, it's those who endure to the end. And I, I'm just here to tell you, church, this morning, I want you to hang on to the word of God today. This is my word. This is the word on my heart this morning to you. From my heart, from the Lord, and to my heart to you. That is the word. Hold on to the word that God has given to you. Hold on to it. Because God will bring it to pass. If it's the word of God or the word, a word from God, he will bring it to pass. He will make it come forth in fruitfulness. And it will help you. It will take you to your destiny. I am grateful for you to be here this morning. And that is my closing remarks. And I just, as I close this morning, I just want us to remember this. Earlier, I started my sermon with the, uh, the encouragement to text three people. Tag three people on Facebook and call three people. Look, brothers and sisters, I need you to pick up the phone and call your brothers and sisters in the Lord and share this word with them. Tell them to hold on. Hold on. Because the Lord is the Alpha. He is the Omega. The beginning and the end. The first and the last. He is my help. God bless you, church. I love you.